So, what does it take to launch and run an Amada Senior Care franchise? Well, find out on another episode of We Are Amada. I'm Marcos Mora. Welcome to the show. Hi, and welcome to another episode of We Are Amada. This is Marcos Mora, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, we have a great episode, which is an interview with French's partner, Jeff Pell. Jeff is a veteran of the Navy, and he was in the Gulf War, so we are so excited and pleased to have him on our team. We have several veterans as our French's partners, and uh, we're so thankful for their service. The other cool thing about Jeff is that five years ago, almost six years ago, he was traveling about 52 weeks a year 52 weeks of year a year and he was getting to the point where he wanted to do something different he was in automotive he was the vp of automotive for landstar beautiful wonderful company and he wasn't upset with what he was doing he loved the business loved his career but the travel was just getting to him he was missing softball games and tennis matches with the kids and it was time to make a change now jeff actually looked at several different home care companies and he found us so he was looking at some of our competitors and he went to Discovery Day for several other competitors and then he came to meet us. And in this podcast, Jeff is going to share what is it that made him decide to join Amada Senior Care as a franchise partner as opposed to some of our competitors. And I think it's really compelling that this entrepreneur who had been in corporate America for so long uh, decided to take a risk and leave everything behind and join Amada Senior Care. So I'm excited for you to listen to this episode. Here is Jeff Pell, the president and owner and franchise partner for Amada Senior Care Knoxville. Roll it. You were at a point in your life, Jeff, that uh, you were traveling like crazy. You, you, by the way, do you, do you, did you ever see that movie Up in the Air with George Clooney? I did. That was you. Well, I, I not, could relate not to as him. bad, right? <laughs> well, it, I mean, I was traveling about 50 weeks a year. Uh, I would be on the first flight out of uh, the airport here on Monday morning, and I would get back on the last one on, on Friday evening. So I was traveling quite a bit. And this is, uh, tell me about the, the, the family. Uh, were, they, were they happy to have you gone? Or was it like, dude, you got to be here? <laughs> I think they were. Uh, we, that was part of what I was the reason that I came in, you know, was looking for something else to do. So because I was missing, you know, I was missing tennis matches and soccer yeah. games and things of that nature and just kind of looking for something where I didn't have to travel so much and really just kind of something where, where I could serve. Now, to give folks a little bit of a of a of a background, I talked a little bit about your your career before getting into the senior care industry. But um, and I think it's nice when when folks are on this podcast or when they're listening to us live, a lot of them come from corporate America and a lot of them are, you know, they're about our age, right? They've, they've been in corporate America for some time. They're maybe traveling or sick of compensation structure changes. So it's kind of fun when you're able to just tell a little bit about your 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 past life. What what were you engaged in? What was your career in? And and then we talked about, you know, just you're traveling a lot, but what, what kind of led to the point where you thought, I, I gotta, I gotta find something of my own. Yeah. So, um, 
out of high school, I went into the Navy, did nine years in the Navy and was aboard ship that I did sort uh, shore duty and was going to have to go back out to sea and, and, and really just decided, you know, that I would separate from the Navy at that time. Came to Tennessee and, uh, and went to, went to the University of, of Tennessee and got my degree in logistics and transportation uh, in their business department. And I was in that field for, for many years, for, you know, over 20 years after get after graduating from college and had made my way uh, in an organization from regional manager up to to the vice president of automotive and you know I live in Knoxville my office was in uh, Detroit and my department was actually out in Rockford Illinois so that's crazy I was I was getting on, yeah, I was getting on a plane every week to either go to one of those locations or maybe out to visit a, a customer uh, and just it was it was every week and I was living in a hotel room and you know not really getting to see my family as much as I as I wanted to or as much as they wanted me there uh, so it was really just looking for something where I could travel less and uh, something where I could serve our community and just be involved more in the community and uh, had looked at several other business opportunities and uh, met with the folks from Amada Senior Care and and uh, really just kind of connected uh, met Tafa and Chad and uh, mm-hmm. and Jared and, and and really connected with uh, with those guys and our values were similar and it's you know Amada's been life changing for me. Man, that's awesome. Okay, I, I want to go back to one thing though. So nine years in the Navy again. Thank you so much for for that service. My son, uh, we because here in San Clemente, as you know, just south of us is Pendleton. Yes. Which is an, an amazing base. I mean, we we are oh, so yeah. close. The the what's the crazy helicopters? The really cool um, spurt, not spurt. Uh, the Blackhawks. There, there's a, well, we see Blackhawks, but there's the other one. The helicopter. They're like the 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 things go up and down. Like they're they're freaking amazing. The Sperrys or can't remember the name, but 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 anyway, like we they fly over San Clemente all the time, and then and then they drop bombs. Not in San Clemente, but when they drop bombs on base and they're training, the the ground shakes. Like we're we are so close to Pendleton, and so my son loves Marines, right? And we go to base a lot. We do uh, paintball and and stuff like that there. And so for a long time, Tristan, my he's eleven or twelve. I never know how my kids are, but he's like eleven or twelve, something like that. And he uh, he's like, Dad, I think I want to be a Marine. So my question to you, Jeff, is and and the Marines are part of the Navy, right? Man, I don't know if I just said they something's going to piss yeah. off we, a we, lot of people. We remind, yeah, right? we remind them of that as well. But yeah, they, they are <laughs> part of the Department of the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So your boy, if your boy was like, I want to go into the military, I want to go serve, what's your advice? Well, it, I think it's a good, it's a really good thing for, for anybody. For, you know, for me, it taught me discipline that's helped me, you know, in my career and my business. So I would recommend it. I was originally going to go into the Air Force and, and, and wound up ah. in the Navy primarily because I wanted to see the world. And I did. I got to travel a lot. I went to, on three yeah. different deployments. So I was in the Gulf War wow. and then I did a, a North Atlantic cruise and then I did a, a Unitas, which goes down down the Atlantic side of South America, around the Horn, back up the Pacific side and through the Panama Canal. You so, did? Yeah. So got, no got way. To see a lot I didn't of, know that. Yeah. Got to see a lot of the world while I was in there. And that was part, part of what I wanted to do. You know, wanted to get out of the yeah. Navy and it was a good experience for me. Okay. So, so if Tristan says, I want to become a Marine and would you, would you go uh, officer or enlisted? Does it, does it matter to you as long as you serve or what, what's your advice there? I was enlisted. Um, and I enjoyed it. I was an electronic tech in the Navy and worked on radars. Uh, but either either way, whether oh, cool. it's enlisted or officer, you're, you know, you're going to get a lot of the same types of discipline and get some training and, yeah. and really just learning how to work with other people is the biggest thing that I got from the military. 
That's awesome. Okay, I love it. Well, I feel the same way. It's always as a dad, you're, you're, you know, I'm like I don't, I don't want you to be in harm's way, right? You don't want your children to be in harm's way, but sure. I'd be so, so proud of them, right? To, to, to serve our country. So I'm like, Dad, I tell him, son, if you, you want to do that, then we'll support you 100. percent So we'll see, we'll see. He's, uh, he loves the military. He doesn't like working out very much. <laughs> so that, that could, that could be a problem. Uh, that could be an issue. Could be, you know, but it's yeah. there's you know the the physical part is not as much. I mean, once you get depending on what he did, they, you know there might not be as much of that. There would be in the beginning, you know, the, in, yeah, in the yeah. basic training and stuff. But after that, it you know not as much. It's not that bad. Okay, so thank you for that. I I love hearing that. It it takes a lot from the family to to uh, serve, and so we appreciate that. Um, okay, so you get into automotive, you're working like crazy. Uh, but did you enjoy the work? I did. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoyed the, the interactions with the, with the clients and really just kind of solving problems. You know, that was, uh, I worked for a large uh, logistics company uh, mm-hmm. and just really, we're just, you know, we, we would solve problems, you know, logistics problems that they had. And, and I was part of that process and did enjoy the work and, and enjoyed the, the, the customer, the interactions I had with them. That was the favorite part of my job. So you're because I always wonder about people's pain points, right? What drives them to to take a big risk, right? If you're starting a business, maybe a franchise or buying an existing business or something from the ground up, and you're leaving, you know, for for us, it's you know, 20, 30 years sometimes of careers. So, but your pain point wasn't horrible bosses or you hated the work. Was it no, really just company. travel? Yeah, that's what it was. It was travel, and I always thought that I would want to do something for myself anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like you said, you know, I'd been working in, in that field for over 20 years and I uh, had made my way up to, uh, you know, vice president position with the company. And so it, when I was thinking about doing it, even, you know, friends, even my father was like, are you sure? You know, you've, you've put a lot of time into, into, into getting to where you're at with your current company. Are you sure this is what you want to do? But I yeah. knew it was, you know, for some of the reasons we mentioned the travel and, and, you know, just really having a desire to, to start my own business. Now, one thing that uh, that you told me before we started recording is that, and I did not know, I, I probably knew it back then, but I didn't remember, you sort of selected the senior care market as what you kind of wanted to go into. And and you were researching a few different companies, some of our competitors, some good, good competitors, good folks. Yeah. And you'd gone to some pretty far lengths with some of the other companies. So I don't know, talk a little bit about that process. What was that like? And uh, obviously, you selected Amada, of course. Yeah. And 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 listen, everyone knows so many of the folks from Right at Home, Visiting Angels, Bright Star. Like I, I name them because I still think that they're phenomenal companies. So many of them are friends of ours. Uh, we've learned so much, you know, from from our competitors, and I'm sure they learned from us. So I would never say anything disparaging about about our competitors. They're, they're wonderful folks. But I'd love to hear your your just what that journey was like, and what made the decision of of joining Amada. I guess. Oh well, there was a you know had actually went out and did some discovery days and visited with some some other companies in the space. More than one, actually. Um, some was just on the phone. Some was actually visiting the companies and. Really, what made me choose Amada Senior Care was just coming out and doing a discovery day and meeting with, uh, you know, meeting with the staff, meeting with, you know, Tafa and Chad and Jared, just kind of connecting with them. You know, really what I was looking for, 
I didn't want to travel as much and wanted to serve, but really just a good feeling. And I had a good feeling when I, you know, when I met those guys and the value, their values were very, very similar to, to mine. And, and uh, another thing that I really liked, you know, there were some things, uh, Amada was a little bit newer company yeah. than some of the ones I, that I had visited. The territory was really nice. I mean, the territory that I have that I have here in Knoxville, uh, some of the other companies were trying to sell three or four territories, you know, in this in, area. In the same area. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in, in, in one in particular that I was looking at already had a very successful franchise, uh, you know, here in Knoxville. And so that made a big difference for me. And, and, and joining was that was I felt like the territory was very fair. And I just liked a, a lot of the you know, I found out that there's there's certain niches that we serve that other companies don't serve, and and so that made sense. You know, I, I had a background in sales and, and management, and as we were talking about the opportunity, it just made sense to me. Yeah, and, and by the way, for those of you who don't know, that this is this is uh, over five years ago now. Yes. So that puts us at like seventeen. Uh, uh, Started in eighteen, middle, middle of eighteen. Middle of eighteen. So, and in and in uh, Nash, I, I cannot remember now. In Tennessee, did you need to get a license or not? We do. Yeah, it's a, there's, do it's have a, a three month three months month process here in in uh, Tennessee. So, so do you remember what what was the month and year that you had your license and you were open? So we get. I got my. I was still working my job. So when we're, I was doing the licensing, I was do I was still working, but right. I was just kind of doing that in my spare time. And we got uh, we got our license in uh, in June. I put in my notice at my job. I started right around July the first. Uh, at the same time, I had the Mata team come out to Knoxville and yeah. and ride with me that week. We did a presentation for uh, for for bankers, and I got my first referral that very first week. I actually, I Come got my on. first two referrals the first week that I was in business, and I still do business with those guys today. So it's been oh you know, my we, gosh, we, it worked out pretty good. You know, we, we wait, get, wait, wait. We, so you had two referrals, but did you did you have a client out of those? I did. Yeah, both of them became became my clients. So you had you you had two clients in in like a week. Yeah, and one of those clients is still my client five years later. Stop so it, it's, man! It's that's amazing. And I, I, I know that 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 does happen. I, I want you guys to know that um, doesn't always happen, right? At the end, and you, no, you listen to our podcast. We were talking to uh, Kevin and Greg up there in uh, Michigan, and and they said it was like I think it was I think it was two or two or three months of marketing, 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 marketing. I can't remember how long it was, but yeah. So, so sometimes, sometimes you just get, you know, lucky that way and, and you, you do the right things and you get the business and sometimes take a little bit longer, but that's amazing. And so you, you get started. So was, you may not have even had time to question the decision because it all happened so fast, but you know, you wired the money, you signed the franchise agreement and you start going through the process. Do you remember what that felt like? Did it feel like, oh, what have I done? Was it, what did it feel like? It was, I mean, it, it was a little scary because I was giving up something that I had, had been working on for a long time, but yeah. really kind of, you know, getting, getting the team here and going and doing, uh, you know, doing some, uh, doing some calls uh, and then going and doing a presentation. As I, as I was going through that process, I, you know, I felt like it's something that I could do, you know, that I could, sales had been my background anyway. So just being in front of uh, clients, being in front of referral sources was not felt okay. And it felt like something that I could do. So it made, it made that, uh, that fear a little less. It made, you know, and I remember when I first started uh, um, Fred that was out in San Diego at the time I had met yeah. him and he, uh, he told me, he said, the good thing about this industry is if you do the work, 
the results will come. It's not always that way in all industries, but in this industry, if you work and you and you put in the work, it'll come. So that that kind of resonated with me, mm-hmm. and uh, it has been true. I mean, if you work hard, you, you you'll get results. It is kind of kind of law of the harvest, right? We we talk about how sure. if you and we we set sort of the the almost a schedule like of you know Monday visit these companies, Tuesday visit these companies, Wednesday like you you have a call cycle. Now I don't know, you know, it's interesting because back in 2017, 2018, um, training has evolved a lot. But it's sort of that idea that you put in the work, you visit the the folks, you give the message, you drop off what you're going to drop off, and if you if you keep at it, it's hard not to dislodge the business, right? Sure. Um, and and has has that been the case for you that there's some referral sources like what you said about uh, the long term care insurance company uh, that gave you those referrals right away? But I got to assume there's referral sources that even till this day. Uh, you're still probably trying to get into. Yes. What What is that like? Is some are immediate, some take forever. What was, what was that experience for you? Yeah, it's very much that way. There's some you 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 walk in and they and they have a referral right then, and you just happen to come in at the right time, and they say, oh, "I've got somebody that I got a family that you can talk to now." And then there are some that you you know that like you say, I've been working for five years. I, I now have hired a marketer. In, in my area. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's still working on some of those, you know, that we haven't gotten yet. But he's also gotten some new ones that I, you know, that I never, that I was never able to break into. And so it, it just varies each uh, client, each, uh, each facility that you go to, you may connect with them quick, or you may, or it may take a while. We also have been talking a lot about this idea that I, I think the numbers are still that 90% or more of our business comes from those efforts of going to referral sources, building referral sources, and that's where your business comes from. And then there's a percentage, and some franchise partners have more or less, that comes from online uh, reviews or uh, we have a great relationship with a place for mom, for example, for, for referrals. And, and a lot of times I get questions of, is that changing? Is the business becoming much more a dot-com business where your referrals are people inquiring online? Or is it still a business of, no, listen, this is a local relationship-based, you got to stay in front of your referral sources. What's that combination been like for you between referral sources and lead gen, you could call it? So, so for us here in the Knoxville market, it's, I know a lot of people use, uh, you know, things like, you know, a place for mom and, and, and lead generation type sources there. For us, it's never, I've, I've never used those types of sources. I know a lot of people do. It's always just been getting out in front of referral sources, talking to them, building those relationships. That's where our referrals come from because we've, you know, we, we've pretty much stuck to that and it's, uh, and it's worked for us. So when you started, you mentioned that one of our competitors had a very successful home care company there. And that's the other thing that most folks do is they say, they say, Marcos, listen, I know you're in Orange County, but I'm in insert city, right? I'm in Wichita. I'm in Can- I'm in this. And in my town, I have like 50 home care companies, you know, or, or they'll say, you know, this is orange. This is an orange County, buddy, <laughs> you know, but I think it's interesting, right? That what we tell them is, it doesn't really matter where you open, there's going to be a hundred competitors. And I know that was the case for you, but okay. So if that's the case, how do you do it? How, how do you, how do you dislodge some of this business that's already going to other people? You know, for, for us, you know, one thing we've always focused on long-term care insurance, we, we now have a VA contract. So sometimes it's by the payer source, you know, they, because, but a, a lot of our success, I think has just been uh, because 
referral sources find out after a while that when we come in and visit with them, they give us that first opportunity. We're able to find a caregiver for them. Uh, we've also got a nurse that trains our our, our caregivers, and, and we provide them a good quality caregiver. Uh, we provide expertise on long-term care insurance and, and, and VA mm-hmm. benefits. That, I think, is the big, still the biggest Probably the number one, the first thing I learned at a, at Amada University was long-term care insurance expert. That's still probably, uh, I use that all the time today and, and it works very well. And we do a lot for clients who have long-term care insurance. Uh, and then, you know, we've kind of added some, some VA stuff and, and, uh, and, you know, we make sure that we keep, uh, you are always hiring, always, uh, you know, training, uh, you're re- trying to find new ways to retain our people. Uh, there's that side of it as well. Having, you know, having caregivers when, when you do get that call and, and, and making sure you're, you know, that your quality is good. So I think it's kind of a combination of all of those things, helping, helping the families with a payer source, helping with, uh, you know, finding them a good caregiver. And then just being our communication is really good. You know, when someone calls us, we answer the phone. Uh, we do the same thing yeah. for our employees as well. You know, so I think it's a combination of several things. Which is a funny thing to to say when somebody calls us, we answer the phone. It's like, well, of course you do. But it's surprising, right? It's surprising how how many companies get that phone call and it's not the bat phone. And people don't realize how urgent this is, right? It's like, if you don't pick up, it's not like they're going to leave a message and you'll call them tomorrow. They need to solve the problem now. Right then, yes. And if you're not answering the phones, then, you know, you mentioned those, you know, those 50 other companies out there. Um, there's somebody who will take that call. And so, it's, yeah. you know, communication is, is a big part of it. It seems simple, but it's a way you can differentiate yourself in any market, I think. So you talked about this urgency. So when you, uh, you, you're obviously not having to travel like you used to, other than for fun, right? Because it's such a, well, nice about this, it's such a local business, but, but it is urgent, and I know that for in the very beginning, when it's you, you're on call, you're it, it is, it is grueling, right? Like calls all hours of the day. Uh, what was that like in the beginning? And, and how soon were you able to start to uh, pass off a lot of those urgent things to staff members? Kind of, kind of, you know, a summary of, okay, the first year was brutal. And then, you know, what, what was it like growing and, and uh, getting to the point where you are now? Yeah. That first year was uh, was tough. Uh, it was you know stressful at times because you know wearing a lot of hats there in the beginning. But yeah. you know as time has gone on, I've been able to hire good people. I've got a good good staff in my office, uh, and we're able. You know, the more good quality people you can surround yourself with, the easier it becomes. And then and then it just making sure that they're trained and they're taken care of. And, and really, it, it becomes more of taking care of your staff rather than you know you're not taking care of every every, you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't have to be involved in every client issue or every right. caregiver issue. Now I've got good, got people who take care of those, those things. And, and it's just taking, then it becomes more of taking care of your staff who, who takes care of those, those issues for you. And it took me, um, probably a couple of years to really get to the point where I had a good staff that was functional and, and taking care of, of, of our clients and employees. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a whole lot easier now than it was the first couple of years. Yeah. So we also have gone through a incredible shortage of, of people working in this country. Uh, you know, COVID was interesting for us because, you know, nationwide, we did more business. But as soon as a lot of Biden checks started going out, people didn't have to pay their mortgages or student loans, then people stopped working. And that was that was rough, you know, finding caregivers for a while. How has this year been compared to previous years in, in uh, hiring folks? I think we're getting more applicants now than we were, you know, 
in, in 23, I think we've had more applicants than we did in 22, maybe not 21, but it's just finding good quality people. You know, a lot of the people we've been getting this year are people who are getting back into the workforce after, yeah. you know, after, after not working for a while. And so that's kind of an adjustment for them. So I think it's, it's, it's really, uh, finding good quality candidates is more the challenge than, you know, than, than just finding candidates now we're getting yeah. more applicants but mm-hmm. but just sifting through there and making sure we're, we're keeping our quality good yeah and then uh and then also the focus on retention i think has been a big thing for us yes. right is and it's funny because you know there are there are caregivers that uh when you talk about retention and sometimes people say well i mean if somebody says they don't want to be a caregiver anymore because maybe they were doing the job just uh for a period of time and then they're on to the next career then there's no way to retain that person right but but when you talk about retention, what are, what are you really talking about? How do you how do you retain more of your staff? That's a good question. You know, one I think just creating an environment where people want to work. You know, making sure you've got hours that mm-hmm. match their schedule. That's always been a big one. Making sure you've got cases in the areas where they live. You know, with with inflation and and, and the cost of just driving to work, uh, being more, having something close to them. So, you know, as part of our marketing effort, we're out in all the different areas of our territory, making sure that we're, you know, we're getting cases there. So if we get a an applicant in that area, we've got uh, we've got cases that, that where they can work. We we have benefits for our employees that that helps. Uh, but really, a lot of it's just the culture that that you you know we we've got a good staff in the office and they help us create a, a good culture where people want to work and 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 people want to want to stay. I think that's the the piece of it that that it takes the longest and 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 it's it's really you have to focus on on creating that. Uh, but once you do get a good culture established, then it, it becomes, retention becomes a little easier. It's never, retention is never where I want it to be, but it improves uh, the more that you can improve on your culture. So you're five years, almost six years in now for somebody who is just now uh, bat in your seat, right? Five years ago, they're they're either frustrated with something and and or always wanted to be an entrepreneur. What's and you looked at several different companies. What's your advice to somebody that is just starting their journey of trying to decide? They've decided home care. Now they're trying to decide what what company should I go with? Uh, and I'm not asking for an endorsement. But like truly, what is your advice? What what if a buddy of yours says I'm looking at this? What what would you say to them as as sound advice? Well, you know, one thing I would say for me, as I mentioned, it's been a life changer for me. It's I'm, I'm not having to travel. It, we've been successful, and so I I wish I had done it sooner. So I would I would preface it by saying that I wish I had started a few years earlier. Uh, but it is going. There are going to be challenges um, in the beginning. You know, just plan for that. You know, make sure that you've got you've got financing. You know, you you've you can you can handle it from that perspective. But just the challenges that you're going to that you're going to have in the beginning be ready for it uh it's not anything that you know that you can't handle but there are there are challenges in in the beginning but again i would go back to what i was told when i first started if you do the work the results will come and and it's it's still that way today i mean it's things have changed in five years with covid and, and with the way the economy you know inflation things of that nature but one of the things that still is is in play today is that your success depends on your, you know, your activity and your success is still determined by what you do. So there, that's really what you can control. And if you, and if you control that 
and you do that, you do the things that are going to make you successful on a daily basis, you will be successful. I love it, man. Well, listen, we won't keep you for much longer, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us and spending this time and sharing your experience. We really appreciate it. We're lucky to have you on our team. And uh, I can't thank you enough for your time, man. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Marcus. All right, everybody. So thank you for joining us for this episode of We Are Amada. Uh, if you are interested in learning more about Amada Senior Care, you can just go to amadaseniorcare.com and you'll be able to find a tab on franchising. Or I'm sure that if you've inquired, you have probably have an email from me or from Tim Valencia in your inbox somewhere. So just, just uh, search your inbox for Amada, reply, and you can start your discovery process. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll talk to you all soon. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Marcus. <laughs>